The Eagles are entering a new era, new quarterback most importantly, and in my opinion, you've got to build for the future and try to make sure that you have as many Bears bands are going crazy. This is Boston Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off. Good morning, Eagles Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. Today, we're about two weeks away from the NFL Draft, the first round, actually the second round, and the third round, day two of the NFL Draft, is exactly two weeks away from today, Friday, April 16th. So we're going to do a full first round mock draft. So this is going to be content for all fans out there in the NFL, unless your team doesn't have a first round pick. Um, But we're going to be talking about every single pick, and I got my guys from Grady Sports Agency on with me to talk about all 32 picks of the first round. Um, We're each going to make our picks. We're going to do some trades. Uh, We have an awesome episode in store for you guys, so make sure you check it out. Tune in, and uh, this is going to be part one. We're going to release part two next week, and yeah, hope you enjoy. All right, to do a full NFL first round mock draft, we have some Grady Sports Agency guys. I recently started working with Grady Sports Agency. Um, Awesome network of guys here talking about the draft. We're going to be looking at the first round, all taking the lead on several different picks ourselves. Um, The first guy, president of Grady Sports Agency, we have Joshua Grady. You guys are familiar with him. He's been on the podcast before. He's been on uh, the film room, Birds Banter film room. Joshua, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? What's good, y'all? Hope all is well. What's up, Matt? Appreciate you having me here. If there's any background noise, then that is Roman, our one-year-old. That sounds like he just hit his head. So that's what that is. But I'm excited, man. I'm excited to prove that I will be the GM of the year. Um, and just really want to show. I hope some of these general managers actually watch this. Because one day, maybe I want to make a transition to the front office. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm excited. Anyway, I can provide value, man. I'm excited for this. Uh, so let's get to it. All right. And then the other general manager, Rodney Chance. Um, Rodney's also, you know, working in the scouting with Grady Sports Agency. He's actually taking his agent exam later this year. So shout out to Rodney. Good luck. He's going to be representing NFL players here very soon. Rodney, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. It's a pleasure to be on. I'm excited to get to it and compete with my fellow members. Um, hope you all ready to go down because GM of the year is right here. But what I'll say is, you know, obviously I'm taking the exam this year to become NFLPA certified agent. I'm excited for it. And similar to what Joshua said, um, the end goal is to fr- one day be in the front office. So this might be a little warm up. Let's get to it. Awesome. So we're going to get started. We're each going to be the general manager for several different picks. We're going to start off. Joshua is going to take the lead with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Rodney with the New York Gi- or New York Jets, and then myself with the 49ers and just cycling through. Um, so number one overall, Joshua, you were on the clock. Okay. Contrary, and y'all can still hear me, yes? Yes. Okay. Contrary to the actual NFL teams, I don't really understand why you need 10 minutes when you've had the entire offseason <laughs> to know who you're going to pick. So just a, my take, Trevor Lawrence got to be it. Just a, 
you know, when you look at everything, when you look at being a general manager and not making us the one thing with the normal pick, don't make a stupid decision. You know what I'm saying? The reality of the situation is if you choose Trevor and he becomes successful, safe pick, smartest pick. If you choose Trevor and for some reason he does not pan out, no one in the world is going to call you a bad GM. But if you do something different, you raise a lot of eyebrows, question marks, and might even get yourself fired if whoever you took over him does not pan out. So no brainer, won't waste time. Trevor Lawrence. All right, there we go. Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson, off the board, number one. Um, pretty much we're locked in right now. We know that he's going to be the number one overall. And barring any surprise, we're going to number two. So we're kicking over to Rodney, um, who's going to be acting as um, Joe Douglas right now, GM of the Jets. What you got, Rodney? So New York City, city of bright lights. Got to bring your A game. Um, there's two guys in particular that we were looking at. Took a lot of time to review. Um, in our eyes, we want somebody who's going to represent the city. Um, you got to be tough. You got to be strong, built to last. Um, we see this guy as Mr. Justin Fields. Wow. Okay. So why him over Zach Wilson? Chose him over Zach Wilson just because of his body of work. Um, one of the top guys in high school coming out. Um, he went to the University of Georgia, showed his toughness there. Transferred 41 touchdowns, three interceptions in his first year at Ohio State. Really took advantage of throwing the ball over the top, showcasing his athletic ability, his arm talent. And then this previous year, um, Mr. Consistency showed his toughness. Um, we've seen him in that game against Clemson where he had some banged up ribs, things of that nature, and he still provided for um, the team. And then obviously, he's just been consistent. So. We want to go with the short thing, 2020, um, that season, the, the pandemic, we really want to go with a short thing, a lock. Um, Zach Wilson obviously has the talent, man. Somebody that we think is ultimately going to be great in this league, but we wanted to go with a short thing with production, and that's Justin Fields. Yeah, I like that a lot because, you know, Justin Fields um, was in the championship game, or, yeah, championship game. He beat Trevor Lawrence to get there. And just showed really gutsy performance. He was almost knocked out of the game. And um, he was looked at as the number two quarterback then. And then Zach Wilson started coming back into the scene. And now Justin Fields falling down, falling down. I see him going past 10 now in some mock drafts. It's crazy. I think he's super talented. So I do like this pick um, a lot. So we're seeing two quarterbacks off the board, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. And now I'm on the clock as the 49ers. I'm going to continue the trend with the quarterbacks as we all expect to happen. The 49ers trading up from number 12 to number three, um, giving up a lot of capital. They're not going to do this for any other pick other than a quarterback. And originally, I would I would say Mac Jones for this pick. Um, I wasn't on board. I didn't think he was going to be the guy, but I think the fit is there. But now, seeing the way the board is falling, Justin Fields going number two, I'm taking best player available. I'm going Zach Wilson. Um, Mac Jones might have been the better fit. It might be what they're planning for right now. But if Zach Wilson is there at number three, I think that's a no-brainer. We're going to take the quarterback from BYU. Solid. Okay, so that puts me. Um, and I agree with you, Matt. I, you know, it's going to be very interesting what happens. I want to just elaborate just a bit on It's very interesting to me that Justin Fields is falling 
you know, I guess you aren't until the draft actually happens. But I think I saw a mock today. Someone had him going like 20 some to the Steelers. I said, what? Crazy. Like, well, that's crazy. If it does happen, man, Steelers, that would be great value. But for me, I'm on the clock with the Falcons. Um, so I'm operating as if I am a GM. I'm not saying this is what's going to happen for me. Falcons just got a new head coach, new GM, you know, new regime. Personally, if I'm the Falcons, you got to go best player available. That's going to be a franchise player. Matt Ryan is getting a bit older. He doesn't have too many years left. This is just my opinion. Don't think this is what they're going to do. I don't see how you can overlook Trey Lance with this opportunity. I'm taking Trey Lance just because if you take him right now, you have a quarterback that can I, – I, I look at the quarterback situation very similar to what the Packers did with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, where you're able to take a quarterback – allow them to truly learn the system without really throwing them into the fire. Trey Lance, to me, has all the physical tools. His skill set matches what the NFL is looking for. Uh, I think there are obviously question marks about his level of competition. Only played, I think, two games this last year. But for me, building for the future, new GM, new head coach, I'm going Trey Lance. Wow, I'm surprised. Ronnie, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think, honestly... I'm a small school guy myself. I went to University of Rhode Island. So watching um, that type of competition, just seeing Trey Lance and what he did um, in that 2019 season, I think it was 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Like he showed his composure week in and week out. Obviously, it's not the level of the Alabamas, the Georgias, you know, the Ohio States, but in terms of maturity, I think it's a no-brainer to pick him early. Um, Matt Ryan, like Joshua said, there's only a couple of years left on his contract. I think the dead cap is significant. Forty million, um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, in terms of drafting somebody for the future, I, I don't think that the Falcons are too far off on what they're doing. You know, their secondary is pretty young. Um, I think they can just get a guy, start building around him, and also with that rookie contract, you know say Matt Ryan's done in a year or two, he's still on a rookie contract. They can go out in free agency and draft some guys. I am mean, excuse me, grab some guys, use that capital um, to build around him, and that can start now. So I think that's a great pick. Yeah, I like it. I think that targeting quarterback makes sense for the Falcons right now. Um, I was full on board for this. I think that they were going to draft a quarterback at number four. And then just yesterday, I was listening to Joel Corey. Um, Joshua put me on to him um on his podcast and he was explaining the dead cap 40 million it would be the biggest dead cap if the falcons moved on um biggest dead cap in nfl history um previously it was our beloved carson wentz with 33 million but um i just i don't know i don't think the the falcons would move on from matt ryan after next year um it would probably be two years until he's gone and it's not like he's a bad quarterback right now he's still he's still kicking so um Trey Lance would have to expect to sit out for at least one year, possibly two. Um, but like Rodney said, you know, he's still on that rookie contract. He can come out firing year three and uh, try to make a run for it year three and year four. So we got four quarterbacks off the board. And I think the Bengals are ecstatic. Rodney, what do you think at number five overall? So we see what that team on the other side is doing. Cleveland Browns, they are stacking up their roster. Um, the biggest thing to me is they just added Jadavion Clowney, another guy off the edge that can really just cause havoc. You know, they have 
Miles Garrett. Um, they have guys that can really apply pressure. And Joe Burrow is coming off of a torn ACL. Like, you have to protect your franchise guy. Um, obviously, surrounding him with weapons, that's ideal. But I feel as though throughout this draft, there's enough wide receivers on the board that they can do that. So I think the no-brainer pick, if you care about Joe Burrow and you believe he's the franchise guy and being there for 10, 15 years, shoot, we're seeing with Brady, he might even be there 20 years. You have to protect your guy. And the best guy to protect your blind side in this draft is, I think, a generational talent in Panay Sewell out of Oregon. I like it. I think that's definitely the pick that has to be made there for the Bengals. Um, I'm up on the clock with the Dolphins. This was originally the Eagles pick. And, man, I'm kind of uh, kicking myself right now as an Eagles fan because they were thinking – at number six, you're either getting Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase, and now both are on the board, and the Eagles gave that up. So that's tough to see. Um, we'll see what happens on draft day, but this would definitely cause World War Three on Eagles Twitter if this happens. Um, if I'm the Dolphins right now, I'm really happy. I made all these trades last month, ended up getting, I think, a second-round pick after everything and just moved back three slots. And right now I'm going to get the best offensive player of this draft class. Um, a true playmaker. He can line up everywhere. I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. Ooh. Good pick. Thank that's you. a good pick. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be, he might really be the best overall player in this entire draft class. You know, he just straight domination, man. So Okay, that puts me, huh? Okay, yep, Detroit, up. Detroit, Detroit. Okay, so I think it's also a no-brainer. When you're looking at the board, uh, and I do think it's interesting what, what happened with Cincinnati. I do think a few, you're seeing some projections where maybe they take Jamar Chase because he played with Joe Burrow. But if I'm Detroit, my fingers are crossed that they do not take Jamar Chase. You got rid of Kenny Galladay, or Kenny Galladay's gone. Marvin Jones is gone. Who who they got left? A receiver. Who do we have left? Excuse me. Who do we have left? I'm looking <laughs> at the rosters. I'm like, man, who, who golf? Who is Jared Goff going to throw to? You know. And so I think it's when you're looking at the board, bro. It's a no-brainer. Got to go Jamar Chase. I know there might be certain question marks about okay, he didn't play this last year, but at the end of the day, you're getting a true wide receiver one, someone that can come in. And I think we've just seen certain mistakes that teams have made, whether it's Patriots with Nikhil Harry. You know, teams that overlooked a Justin Jefferson, a DK Metcalf. Like, there are certain prospects that's like, it should be a no-brainer that they're going to come in and they're going to produce. Jamar Chase, got to get him, got to score points at the end of the day. That's what I'm taking. Yeah, I like that a lot because I've been seeing a lot of mocks with Jamar Chase going earlier, and then the, the Lions are getting um, Jalen Waddle there at number seven. And Jared Goff just isn't that type of quarterback. He doesn't have the deep ball accuracy to hit Jalen Waddle to be that explosive offense. Jamar Chase can do it all. He's fantastic at running the slant. Jared Goff is going to be very happy with him. I think that's an awesome pick there by the Lions. All right, now up at number eight, Rodney back on the clock, Carolina Panthers. Okay, so Carolina, they just traded and got their guy and Sam Darnold at quarterback. Um, they did his fifth year option. I think they're locked in with 19 million there, 20 million around there roughly. Um, honestly, with the Panthers, I believe that they need a tackle or they need a cornerback. Um, that division is tough. You're going up against Julio Jones. You're going up against Michael Thomas. 
you know, you, you're facing some serious talent. Um, I think it's enough in this draft where if you don't take Panay Sewell or Slater um, and, the, you know, the first two linemen, there's enough depth where you can factor in a guy who might be a stable on your offensive line for, you know, eight to 10 years. I think you need that alpha male um, who is capable of locking up a number one receiver. I think the Carolina Panthers are going to take J.C. Horn. I like that. So J.C. Horn's your number one guy. Yeah, J.C. Horn. I, I just love his, as a corner, like, as you know, Joshua, being a DB, you have just a little different, like, you have some swagger to you, some confidence. And, hey, I think we know he certainly has plenty of it. His dad had plenty of it. So I think that's the pick. That's a really good pick. I like that. And uh, you're seeing with the Panthers here, they got Sam Darnold. So not really a quarterback needy team anymore. They can focus on corner. Or they can focus on offensive line. So they're definitely getting a very good corner there in J.C. Horn. Um, super athletic. That's what I like most about him. Sertan might be the more of the technician of the draft class, but J.C. Horn just off the charts athletically. I'm back on the clock. Denver Broncos, number nine. And uh, the Broncos could have been a team, I think, if Trey Lance fell further, if he wasn't taken at number four, they could either trade up or hope that he falls to nine. I don't like Mac Jones as a fit there with the Broncos. So I'm going to roll with uh, a little bit. might be a surprise here. When I watch this player, he reminded me a lot of Von Miller. Von Miller's getting up there in age, so I'm going to go with Micah Parsons. I think he's going to be a great fit. Um, awesome pass rusher. He's going to fill the need at linebacker, but can also be that future edge rusher. Play a little bit of D-end as well, and uh, really just solidify that defense next to Bradley Chubb for the future. Uh, okay, that puts me on the clock. Dallas Cowboys. Hmm. So I'm Jerry Jones. You know, I'm hoping J.C. Horn falls and the fact that he was taken before me uh, or before I could get to him, you know, it's interesting. It's very interesting, truly, um, because I personally believe that the corner depth after J.C. Horn, I'm not necessarily all that high on Patrick Sertan, just me. That's my personal opinion. Dallas needs help on the defense. Dallas needs major help on the defense. Defense is horrendous. With that coming back, I don't think they're going to need too much help on the offensive side. Someone that I think is a sleeper that really is going to have defensive player or defensive rookie of the year potential, multi-sack potential, completely has just dominated this offseason process. I'm going Jalen Phillips out of Miami true stud to anchor that defensive line, get some pressure on the quarterback. I think he's someone that is really going to, we're going to look back and say, how did he somehow fall to number 10? I think he's just, he's a baller. I think if he had another year of production, we'll be looking at him in the same caliber in previous years, like a Chase Young, I would say. I like that. That's bold. I like it though. And um, Greg Cosell with NFL Films, one of the best draft evaluators out there in the game. He said that Jalen Phillips would be a top 10 pick if there was no injury concern. He has a lot of concussions in his history and um, he's going top 10 here. I think that's very justified with the play on the field. His film was fantastic. A lot of production there with Miami. I like that pick um, as an Eagles fan. I wouldn't be happy with Jalen Phillips playing the Eagles twice a year. That's for sure. <laughs> that's good. All right, Rodney, number 11. 
All right, so we made it through the first 10 without any trades, huh? Mm. Yep. Is it, is it time? I'm about to pick uh, up the phone. You might pick up the phone? Yeah, I'm about to pick up the phone. For 11? Yeah. Ah, come on, man. We're in the same division. Can't do that. Let's, let's see what you got. Uh, right. I'll offer you number 12. And... I'll give you number 12 and a fifth round pick mm. for number 11. Mm, just to move up a spot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I so think, I, think the I know who you want. want. Yeah. I, I think that, I think it's okay in terms of um, who's still on the board. I think that we can certainly make it work. I think the trade, I, I agree to it. All right, let's do it. So now I'm on the clock. Number 11, Philadelphia Eagles moved up a slot. They originally moved back from 6 to 12. Now they're up from 12 to 11. Eagles, we got needs at corner. We got needs at wide receiver. Uh, those are the biggest needs. But right now, the Eagles are entering a new era. New head coach, new coaching staff, new quarterback, most importantly. And in my opinion, you got to build for the future and try to make sure that you have as many playmakers around your quarterback as possible. I'm going to pick Jalen Waddle. I think he's Ooh. explosive. Um, I like him as the second wide receiver in this draft class. If we're not talking about Kyle Pitts as a wide receiver, I think it's Jamar Chase. Then it's Jalen Waddle. Um, the offense with him and Jalen Rager is going to be explosive. We got three Jalens running the offense with uh, Jalen Hurts, Rager, and Waddle. That's who I'm picking. I like that. Yes. And there's already some chemistry there as well. Yeah, Just absolutely. I like that pick. Thank you. I like that uh, trade too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it might not happen on draft day, like you said, it's in the division, but how to make the offer. Yeah, man. Um, Matt, are you able to go? So I'm not able to filter to wide receiver. Yep. All right. So we got there. All right. So Joe Judge comes from the championship pedigree. Uh, New England Patriots, you know, I'm obviously a New England Patriots fan. So I think well, what they want to do is they got Galladay. Um, they spent some serious money this offseason. Um, they got a Dory at cornerback. They already have cornerback, but Bradbury there. The secondary seems to be pretty legit with Logan Ryan. Um, they got a few guys over there that I think are going to make some noise. They need some edge rushers, um, in my opinion. But in that division, offense is huge. Um, who can put up the most points? Dallas, they have the three-headed monster at wide receiver there. I think we're trying to replicate what, what they have. Um, Galladay's up with the Giants. I think I'm going to go with the big-time wide receiver who a lot of people are sleeping on. Um, 2019, he had a crazy breakout season. And he showed that he's, I believe, around a 4-3-40 at Minnesota. I'm going to go over Rashad Bateman. Hashtag baller. Yes, sir. Yeah, I like that. He's a sleeper, man. I think people, I think he has potential to be just as good as Jamar Chase. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think he's a baller. Yeah, he's a baller. Okay, so that's me. So I'm. we're on the Chargers. The way the board is looking, it's a no-brainer, man. You got a, you know, second-year quarterback now. Uh, you got your franchise quarterback. You've got some weapons on the offense. 
their defense has some talent. Granted, they've had some injury concerns, but I think the reality is you got to be able to protect them. And Rashawn Slater, man, the versatility that he has, he's, I know you even mentioned like the last pick that I made with Jalen Phillips, you talk about someone that does not have the medical concerns, did not play this last year, just continued to check all of the boxes, very intellectual, very intelligent, coming from Northwestern background. And to me, like, like I said, it's just a no-brainer. Uh, you got to be able to protect your guy. Rashawn Slater, you draft him, especially where, you know, the value, he's, some projections have him going, you know, top 10 right now. And so that's just easy pick for us. Won't even waste any time. Rashawn Slater, no-brainer. So with this pick, are you – so he's very versatile. He can play inside, he can play outside. Are you projecting him as a left tackle, as a guard, as a right tackle? Where do you see him playing? I see – I personally believe a guard. I think he should play guard. Mm -hmm. I think he showed a lot of value at guard. Uh, and I think as well as with this, you know, just the the where the league is going, I think for with the charge as well, with Eckler, Joshua Kelly, you have Herbert. I just think for them to be able to add more into the interior game, I think that would really just give them a bit of added benefit. I think last year, Justin Herbert was sacked maybe 32 times. I'm not sure how much of that was from the edge rushing or from bringing pressure inside. I think Rashawn Slater could play both if need be. I think just, like I said, having that versatility, that's something you don't necessarily need to know right now with a guy of his nature. You don't necessarily need to plug him and say, okay, he's going to be our right tackle, he's going to be our left tackle, or he's going to be our left guard. The fact that you can just kind of bring him in and just see, like, where is his added need? Where does he add the most benefit to our roster? And I think you kind of take it from there. Um, but I don't know. Shoot, I'm not an expert offensive line coach, but that's what I'm taking, boy. Solid. I like it. All right. The Vikings are now on the clock. Very interesting team. They were competitive a few years ago. Now they lost some very, very key positions the past couple of years. And uh, they might be trying to compete this year. They might be heading into a rebuild. Rodney, you are on the clock. So I have a trade proposal. All right. Um, okay. So hey, I'm also with the Dolphins. So I'm a little biased here. I'm going to the Dolphins are going to offer um, the Minnesota Vikings a trade back. So take the Minnesota, excuse me. Miami Dolphins, number 18 pick, mm -hmm. and very similar to what you did with, with the fifth-round pick as well. Okay. Um, just to trade up, the Vikings, they seem as though they have a lot of needs. Um, so if they can add more picks to, to the draft, I think they'll go with that. All right. Let's look at this uh, trade value chart just to make sure that the league is going to let this go through. So we're moving from 14 to 18. Mm -hmm. About 200 in value. Yeah, I mean, you could have asked for a little bit more, but we'll let that go through. Let's see what you got. The <laughs> Dolphins are now on the clock. <laughs> Man, you're supposed to have that up for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... um. I think that with the Vikings, they're strapped for capital. Um, so honestly, and they have some expiring deals coming up within this next year. So if they can kind of build through the draft, um, that's kind of the approach that they should go. But um, Miami traded up for a reason. I, I think that with Miami, it can't hurt to have more lockdown guys. Um, I think the pick is, is obvious for the Dolphins here. They're going to go with Patrick Sertan. 
All right, I like it. So we got the second corner off the board, and Roddy, you're back up on the clock with your Patriots. All right. So the Patriots can go in a lot of different directions. Um, I think this offseason, it's been a focus to just add as much talent as possible, but they've been primarily focused on defense, just adding a number of edge rushers. Um, a guy that we really have been looking at in terms of he just fits that smart um, player, physical beast. We watched him up the road in Rhode Island. Um, he played at Michigan, edge rusher. Cody Pay. we're going to go with him. Solid. All right, Joshua, any thoughts so far? Yeah, I would have. I personally, if I'm New England, I think you're going to do everything in your power, depending on who Bill likes at the quarterback position. I think you're going to try to grab a quarterback. I think they're going to be hopeful that this quarterback that, you know, right now we have Matt Jones available. I think they're going to be hopeful that Justin Fields is the one that becomes available to them, whether it's this pick or maybe even earlier. I could definitely see them trading up. Uh, I like the edge pressure with Quiddy Pay. I think New England, uh, I know they brought in, who is the guy? They just signed someone from Judon, I want to say. Judon, yeah. Yeah, they just brought in Judon from Baltimore. So I don't really know what Bill is thinking because I know they brought in a good amount of free agents, but I could definitely see them in particular trying to build for the future if the quarterback that they do like if they can find him at a good value, because a lot of mocks have been trading up in particular to grab Justin Fields, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, the only team that would be interested in Trey Lance that early would be the Falcons, because I think, in my opinion, Trey Lance needs a lot of development. He's going to need a year or two just to get him up to speed. Um, I don't think he's very polished as a quarterback prospect yet. So the Falcons have the luxury of letting him sit out and wait but other teams don't have that luxury. So they're going to be waiting until maybe 15 through 20 to take Trey Lance. And I think that's when you get into maybe the Patriots, maybe Washington, um, even the Bears, even if they want to finally admit that Andy Dalton is not going to be the future there. So um, it's going to be interesting to see the way these quarterbacks unfold. So um, I'm back on the clock, number 16, the Cardinals. And um, the Cardinals are an interesting team because their offense is loaded. Kyler Murray had a fantastic second year. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, they've got a slew of other wide receivers they added. A.J. Green, they just recently added James Conner to the running back group uh, to pair him with Chase Edmonds. And uh, their O-line is, is solid. It's okay. Um, I don't think that should be the pick here in the first round, so we're going to go defense. And the biggest need, especially with the departure of Patrick Peterson, is going to be corner. And... Looking at corners, there's some good players out here right now. Um, you know, one good player, Greg Newsome from Northwestern, but a player that I think is the most talented corner of this draft class, um, Caleb Farley, he did have some medical concerns this past couple of weeks with a back surgery, but he did clear his physical, um, he cleared his medical exams, and teams are putting him back on his radar. Um, originally, they thought that he was going to fall to the second round, I think the Cardinals could take a chance on him and make sure that they get the best corner of this draft class. He did transition from wide receiver, insanely athletic, great in man and zone, 
great instincts and uh, super long as well. And he ran a 4.28 before undergoing that back surgery. So he's got a lot of speed. I'm going to go with Caleb Farley here at number 16. Yeah, he's, he's a track guy. Yeah. He's a track guy. And I think also, I meant to mention, I think we all know how the Patriots operate. I believe that it's a strong potential in them trading out of the first round. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I understand, like, you know, they need to build for the future um, and, and probably get a quarterback. But I think that they feel as though their guy could be in that second, third round range. And they can use that year of just developing, using Cam Newton as a mentor and then um, using Josh McDaniels to just really teach him how to play the game. But Caleb Farley, man, he's a beast. He's a beast. I think that's a good pick. That's Thank interesting you. Too, what you said, Ronnie, about New England to trading back because what we saw with Jimmy G is they can get a guy mid-round and tailor him to their structure and him be successful. So I think Bill is very confident. And I also want to say, like, he wants to prove that Tom was not the reason for his success. Whether mm-hmm. he'll say that on an interview or not. And so I do think that could be interesting. All right, Eagles Nation, that's what's going to do it for this episode of the first part of the NFL mock draft. First round, we covered picks 1 through 16. Next week, make sure you stay tuned. We're going to do 17 through 32. Uh, Make sure you come back because second round gets interesting. There's a lot of teams that they have multiple needs, so we go multiple different ways. We have some trades to go over. Hope you guys enjoyed the first part. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Birds Banter on Instagram, Birds Banter PHL. And if you enjoy listening, make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform and give us a five-star rating on your favorite platform, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we're on there. Make sure you show some love to the Birds Banter Podcast. Before we get out of here, I want to remind you guys about our sponsor, Manscaped. Flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and it's time to chop the weeds. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim your holes safely and efficiently. I'm talking about ball trimmers. Manscaped. The global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use code PHL to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped. They are here to make sure you are trimmed and smelling nice. After all, it's time for spring cleaning. Spring is sprung and Manscaped has the best tools to get you ready. Manscaped are the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming and have forever changed the grooming game with with their amazing products. They're here to help with your above-the-waist holes, too. Have you heard of the Weed Whacker? The nose and ear hair trimmer provides skin-safe technology which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. No more grass, uh, gross hair flying around in the wind. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor and a 360-degree dual-blade system. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to and delivering maximum confidence when delivering hygiene. Speaking of uh, smelling fresh, complete your grooming game this spring with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. This stuff is legit and will have you smelling like royalty. The cologne is light, approachable, gentlemanly in all the right ways. You'll be the talk of the next quarantine hang. Smell good, feel good this spring. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Again, get 20% off with free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. That is 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. It's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you.